The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Today, we conclude our series on mortifying your members. In Colossians chapter 3, Paul has told us some things that we need to put to death or to mortify in our lives. He's told us about some things that we need to put off. He's also told us about some things we need to put on or to clothe ourselves with. And now he concludes his admonition to the Colossians by telling us about some things we need to let into our lives. Ultimately, he gives us the secret of our lives here as disciples, and that is to do all things for the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope you'll stay tuned for the message, but first we have a song selection that we hope you enjoy.
Peter was walking on the water, and it wasn't a placid, calm lake. It was a lake, it was a sea, that the waves were whipped up by the winds in the midst of a horrible storm. That was the whole point of Jesus being out there in the first place. There was a storm that was about to capsize their ship. And Jesus comes walking on the waters. And he did not calm the storm before he came walking out there. And he did not calm the storm before he bade Peter to come out there with him, did he? You know, I'd, I'd be kind of like, well, Lord, I mean, it's a little rough out there. If you'll just calm the storm, maybe I'll try it. <laughs> but Peter, Peter was zealous. He's like me and you. Peter's like me and you. I'm sure you've had those times when you were willing to leap out of the boat. I've had those times. I was ready. I feel like, I kind of feel that way this morning. <laughs> I kind of feel like with all the singing we've had and the fellowship I feel and the spirit of the Lord that I feel right here, I'm ready to leap out of the boat. Let's go walking on the water, Lord. <laughs> and that's what Peter did until he got his eyes off Jesus. And then he saw the winds and the waves and the water. And he began to look at his circumstances and he began to sink. And Jesus praised God being not like me. Not like me. Oh, my family could tell you stories and I, please don't ask them. And please don't tell them if they ask. I'm the master of I told you so. You know, I, proving the point. Isn't that the way so many of us are? You know, I, I'm afraid I'd have been standing there looking at Peter as he sank down and said, well, I told you to keep your eyes on me, you know. <laughs> but praise God, he's not like me. Jesus isn't like me. And when Peter cried out, save me, Lord, he just reached down and lifted him up. I'm so thankful that our God's not like me. I'm so thankful he's God, and beside him there is none other. And he loves me with an everlasting love. I'm so thankful for that. You see, the peace of God, the peace that passeth all understanding, is a peace that surpasses all of our circumstances, and it's a peace that comes from the very God of peace. But now listen to me, child of God. You can miss this peace. You can lose this peace. Now, don't misunderstand me. You cannot keep the Holy Spirit from giving you the new birth. But you can keep the Holy Spirit from giving you this peace. You see, this peace that passeth all understanding means you've got to get rid of some of your understanding in a natural sense and focus upon the Lord who has all understanding. You know you can quench the Spirit? Listen to what it says here in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 19. Quench not the Spirit. Now listen, he's talking, remember back in chapter 1 and verse 4? Paul had just said, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. These are children of God. I know the world sometimes teaches us, well, if you quench the Spirit, you'll die and go to hell. That's not what he's talking about because he's not even talking to dead alien sinners. He's talking to those who Paul says, I know your election of God. You act like children of God. You're showing me forth the evidences that you're children of God that have been born again. But yet you can quench the spirit, child of God. That means to stifle or suppress it. Don't quench the spirit. How do you do that? How do you stifle anything? You put your hand on it or you put your foot on it and you, you just hold it down. So well, I know I've got access to peace, but I want to wallow around in my self-pity for a little while, you know. Don't bother me with the truth of God's word. Just let me, let me sit over here and cry a few self-pity tears, okay? Do you know you can grieve the Spirit? 
you turn sometime over to Ephesians chapter 4, which is sort of a parallel text to Colossians, he's writing in an abbreviated sense to the Colossians, which he elaborates on in Ephesians. He says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. How do you grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, if you go back up a little further, beginning maybe even in chapter, uh, verse 1 of chapter 4, you're going to see that he's been talking about the very things we've been talking about, mortifying your members, putting off the old man, putting on the new man. You can, you can grieve the Spirit of God. You can make the Spirit sorrowful. You can grieve him by not doing these things that we're talking about this morning. Do you know you can resist the Spirit? That means literally to strive against or to be opposed to it. That's what Stephen said, wasn't it, in Acts chapter 7, around verse 51. He said, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. Even as children of God, we can resist the Spirit. See, we can miss this peace by resisting and grieving and quenching the Spirit, not doing these things, that we're talking about this morning. That's the, again the guide. The scriptures are a guide to us to lead us into places we would not otherwise be able to access by the natural efforts of men. All right, let's continue looking here. It says, "If you can miss it, how do we keep it? How do we keep it?" Well, here he goes back here in Colossians and tells, he said, let the peace of God rule in, rule in your hearts to the which also you're called in one body and be ye thankful. The word rule there means literally to be an umpire and it can mean to direct or control. Did you know that our lives are truly directed by the presence or absence of peace? Think about your life. Think about the things, you know, when we... When we approach life's problems, whether we approach those problems with grace or grimacing, <laughs> ah, you know, how do we approach it? Are we approaching them with grace, with an uplifted smile in our hearts and on our faces, or are we grimacing and gritting our teeth? It depends. The difference is whether we have peace in our hearts. How do we keep it? Well, you can turn there if you want, but I'm just going to quote it over in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. He tells us the secret of keeping and maintaining the peace. He said, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. Now listen to this. It's not about how much you know. It's not about how educated you are. It's not about how much money you accumulate. I've known some rich, rich people, millionaires, people with all the money that you would think they could possibly ever need, and they have no peace in their hearts. They have no peace in their lives. It's not about that. He said, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon thee because he trusteth in thee. You know how Peter could have peace in the midst of the waves that were lapping up against his feet? His mind, his thoughts, his focus was upon Jesus. Now when he took his mind and his thoughts and his focus off of Jesus and upon the, the circumstances around him, that's when the circumstances began to overwhelm him. The way to keep this peace is to focus upon Christ. 
The word stayed there. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. That literally means to lean or to take hold of. There used to be a song that I, I remember many years ago, Southern Gospel song called Learning to Lean. Learning to Lean. The chorus went like this. Learning to lean, learning to lean. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. Finding more power than I've ever seen. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. You see, as we learn to lean more and more and more upon Jesus, we will have more and more and more of this peace that passeth all understanding, you see. So, how do we do this? Let's read on here. Look at verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Here's another let. Something we need to let into our lives. And they're, they're related here, you see. He said, let the peace of God rule. Well, the way to let the peace of God rule, we're told, is to stay or lean upon Jesus. How do we lean upon Jesus? We need to let the word of Jesus dwell in us richly. Now listen carefully. I'm telling you something that I need to be reminded of. Let me just remind you that when I am, when I am browbeating you, <laughs> and I hope I never actually browbeat you, but when I'm being direct and blunt with you about what you need to be doing, it's because I've learned this through sad experience, and I still need to be reminded of it. In order for the Word to dwell in you, you must dwell in the Word. You see, don't, it's just like... It's just like Tests in, in college. You know, I wish, and many times when I was in college, and law school particularly, I wish the Lord would just screw the top of my head off and pour the, you know, pour the, uh, the knowledge in that I needed to pass the test. But he doesn't do it that way. Somebody used to say there's a lot of prayers going up on exam day. But the prayers weren't going to help you a whole lot if you didn't put in the burning the midnight oil in preparation same thing when it comes to the word of god in order for the word of god to dwell in us we must dwell in it the word dwell there is the greek word in orkio it's a orkio is, is dwell to dwell or to live and the, there's a little prefix called in orkio and that literally means to inhabit or to be inside of, to be in, to live in. Now there's another Greek word for dwell, which is called kathoiko, which is, comes from another preposition, kata, which means toward or near, okay? But notice that that's not the word we, that he uses here. He does not say get close to the word, get near to the word, go over and see the word every once in a while. He says get in the word, dwell in it. Dwell in it. You must stay in the Word. We can't just visit it from time to time. We can't. That ought to be our dwelling place. Yeah, I get it. I've got these little smart. We got these little smartphones. We got TVs. And and yes, I I've learned about streaming series. I have. I've I've um, gotten interested in a couple of series on Netflix or some other streaming uh, platform, and I've I've spent. You know, several hours just watching episode after episode after episode. I mean, I could do that with the Andy Griffith show. I'd do that with uh, 
Uh, all in the family. Some of these older shows, I like to do that. But, but listen, that's fine. It's fine to, to have some, th- some time to do some things like that if it's a godly endeavor. But the most important thing we can do is to stream the Word of God. Not stream the net- latest Netflix series. We need to be streaming it so that it will be streaming through our minds. So when you watch that series, young folks, older folks as well, young folks particularly, when you're watching that series, you're measuring it against that streaming Word of God going through your mind. And you're saying, wait a minute, I know that's kind of funny, and and, and they're promoting this particular situation as normal, but that's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says something else. You know, that's part of the problem in our society today is God's people are not staying in the Word of God, so many of God's people are being led astray by these quote-unquote alternate lifestyles, things that are contrary to the Word of God, but God's people are not recognized. That's why Hosea said, my people are destroyed for what? For lack of knowledge. They're not destroyed because they're wicked, corrupt people. They just don't know what the Word of God says. We need to dwell in it. And it says, let the word dwell in you richly. The word richly there denotes the the idea of abundance or to be rich in something. Now, boy, what a thing to be rich in. What a thing to be rich in, the word of God. You know, the word of God is all we really need to make it through the struggles of this life. Look with me over to 2 Timothy Chapter 3, very familiar passage, but let's look at it just for a second. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture, this is the Word of God, okay? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. You know, I want something profitable in my life, not something that's negative and pulling me down. That's something that's profitable. It's profitable for what? For doctrine. I've said this so many times, you could probably quote it, but notice that doctrine here is to tell us what is the right pathway of our lives, okay? But it's also profitable for reproof. That's to tell us when we're off the right pathway of our lives. And then it's profitable for correction, which is to tell us how to get back on the right pathway for our lives. And it's profitable for instruction in righteousness. That's telling us how to stay on the right pathway of our lives. That the man of God may be perfect. I don't know about you, but I need a little more perfection in my life. I need a little more perfectness in my life. We've already been told that charity is the bond of perfectness. Here is a way that we can become more perfect. We'll never be sinlessly perfect, and that's not what it's talking about here. It's talking about being being mature as a child of God, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Did you know that the Word of God is a thorough furnisher for everything in our lives? It's not just an academic exercise for theologians down at the seminary to be digging into. It is a practical, daily guide for our lives that we may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We will know how to live our lives if we'll listen and stay in the Word of God. You see, as we go back to Colossians here and try to wrap this up, we'll find that when the Word of God dwells in us, works will abound with us. 
Notice what it said. He says, let the word of God, of Christ, verse 16, Colossians 3. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. If we have the word of God dwelling in us richly, it will spill over to others, you see. Over in Psalm, go, go read Psalm 119, the longest, the longest book in the Bible, longest chapter in the Bible. And you know what it's all about? It's all about the word of God. It calls it the law of God, the uh, the precepts it talks about it names it in different ways but it's talking about the word of God and it asks the question there in verse 9 of Psalm 119 wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way when I was a young man I needed to be told how to cleanse my way I needed to get right with God now that's not the way the world talks about it when you're talking about getting right with God so you can go to heaven I'm talking about you who are going to heaven we need to get right with God in the sense of serving him in the right way Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By going to the latest philosophies of life, by uh, buying the latest self-help books, by going to the universities of this world. I'll tell you, those things will lead you astray. But what we need is, is this guidance. He says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. See, when the word dwells in us, works will abound with us. Teaching and admonishing, that means to warn or to caution, to gently reprove. That's part of what we do in church, is it not? It's part of my job, but it's also everybody's job. It's when we see someone getting off track, we don't go browbeat them, but we go and gently reprove them and we warn them. You know, that's one of the primary duties of the pastor. The prophet in the Old Testament, Ezekiel tells us about it, I believe it's chapter 16. He said, I've set you as a watchman on the wall. I've got a duty to warn you. When I see the enemy coming, I've got a duty to warn you. Now, you don't have to, you know, I can't make you listen. The preacher can't make you listen. But if the preacher has warned his flock, then what he has done, he has transferred the blood guiltiness from his head to theirs. I mean, if he warns, we're told over there, you can turn and read it. He said, if you warn the city and they don't listen, well, the enemy's going to come in and destroy them. But you have absolved yourself. But now, if you don't warn them and the enemy comes in, then I'm going to require their blood at your hands. And I can't, I don't know about you, but that's a heavy burden that I don't want to bear. He said, we will be singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. Singing, not playing, not picking an instrument, but singing. You know, that's something you can do wherever you are. One of the reasons I love the simple way we worship here is we don't have to worry that the piano player's out sick or I don't have to worry about some other, you know, maybe we got, I remember being a part of a church that had several piano players. Didn't want to hurt somebody's feelings by calling on one and not the other. Don't have to worry about the special singers. Somebody has a cough or somebody's uh, not able to be here this day. We just all come together and we sing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. What a sweet time it is. There's one last thing here that we're gonna close with and come back to later because it bridges the gap between where we are and where we're headed. Verse 17 sums up 
pretty much everything the Apostle Paul has said. And whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Some of you remember the movie City Slickers. There was one when I was growing up. Jack Palance played a character named Curly who was a rough old cowboy. There were several city slickers that came out to paid money to go on this cattle drive. And uh, there's a scene where they're talking about life and Curly looks at him and he says, you know what the secret of life is? He holds up a finger and he says, one thing, just one thing. And of course, Billy Crystal asked him, what is that? And he said, you gotta figure that out. Well, I got the answer for you. This is the secret of life. Amen. One thing. Whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. If you will do that, that is the secret to a successful walk, a successful spiritual walk with Christ. That is the secret to joy in your life. That is the secret to peace in your life. We're going to see. That's the secret to your family life, to your family being successful in a spiritual sense. Because we're fixing to read about family. We're fixing to read about wives submitting to their husbands and husbands loving their wives and children obeying their parents and fathers provoking not their sons to anger. He, you know, people sometimes say, I just wish we had a, you know, I got these, this brand new baby. I just wish there was a manual for it. There is. Here it is. This is the manual. Paul gets down to where we live. Because I don't know of any place that I need more instruction and guidance than within my home. That's where I need it the most. And that's where I fail the most. But if I can follow this, the more I follow this, the more successful I'll be in living out the fact that I am a child of God. I hope you'll stick with us because we're about to move into some deep waters, some important stuff. But believe you me, if we'll follow what the Word of God says, we'll be able to navigate these waters successfully. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com that's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.